Hey, right on time. How's it going there? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you very much. I mean, it's Friday, but I don't know what that means. Is that a good thing for you that it's Friday? Yeah. The kids well, and... I feel like being a parent, Friday is like just another Monday. Friday is just another Monday. We'll trademark that one because that's, that's for coffee mugs and all that. But hey, wait, so I'm dying. You're Blair's brother-in-law. I'm I'm willing to go on record if you are and say I am Blair's brother-in-law. Yes. Oh, I'm in love with Blair. I'm like obsessed with her. We are like soulmates in every way. And like, can she just not be cool enough? Like just not being a Broadway star is enough. And we got to be a nurse too. A nurse, a mother of two. I'm like, she uh, performs just... live. She does stuff. But hey, you're another person with six jobs as well. Oh my gosh. I still, I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel worthy. Thank you so much for changing the time. I really appreciate it. I was like moving and groove. And I just realized I was like, this is probably the only time I could get my kids to like sit and eat breakfast and be calm. My pleasure. I mean, you like me, we're in the caffeine portion of the day. So I, I appreciate that. Do you have an energy drink endorsement? I said, because in having interviewed your husband a couple of weeks ago, th there's a drink endorsement that's not an energy drink endorsement. So I don't know what in the Nelson household you're endorsing. <laughs> I know it's so true. Well, I should have a Starbucks endorsement. I was like, I have it running through my veins. And if anybody knows me, I have like Vinties on me at all times, just chugging. But I know my Eric, he's like, full-on bourbon boy, which is wild, which I think bourbon. is so funny because I don't drink. So I'm like, it is so funny that now our family is like a full bourbon family and um, right. I'm the sober Sally. Bourbon boy, sober Sally. Sainty, you are full of alliteration, <laughs> future trademarks, etc. So no, that's know, Eric. Eric calls them Saintyisms. He's always like, what are these saints? Like, and I still... Say like instead of potty, like I say, I say TT and big potty for number two. Like I have such weird lingos. It's so well, bad. Well, can I throw you a compliment? Yes, please. Okay. So your career accomplishments really confuse me because, <laughs> you know, it's not just the, hey, youngest female to win an Emmy. It's not just that kind of stuff. It's that you started off in theater from what I can gather and then you found your way into the streamers, but then somehow you're a producer, but somehow you're starring in three things at the same time for competing companies. So it's kind of one of those careers where we don't know where to find you next. You know, you're always popping up somewhere. That is, I am just like the perfect, I'm such a hustler. Like I can't sit still. So when like things, I'm like Blair in that sense where it's like <laughs> things are lagging in one department. I always have to pivot. Like, I'm like, okay, where am I seeing the market going right now? And I need to pivot and shift. And I think especially now with the streamers and just times are changing. You just almost have to have your hands in every market possible mm -hmm. um, just to, like, if you truly love the industry, you just want to work or, you know, be in a class or, so that's my biggest thing is like, I'm just always trying to see like, where's our industry shifting right now? And what do I need to do to like, say, mm -hmm. you know, working and, and relevant. So that's kind of how I always view it. It's like, I mean, I thank Dennis Leary, cause he was the one I was doing a pilot with him 
and okay yeah i have a question about that okay, yes I'll, I'll let i'll yell at you i'll let you lead the way you can tell that i'm a talker i could just go and go and go well considering the success that you've had in the children's market and continue to have yet then you're in a dentist lawyer project called sex and drugs and rock and roll which i believe is named after the ian dury song yes. you go was there any hesitation on your end to take a really cool project like that and knowing, hey, does this impact my morality clauses? Totally. It's so, I mean, the irony is anytime I'm on kind of more like the raunchier stuff, I am playing like the pretty Southern girl. So it's kind of good. Like I'm always playing like myself. I think when I auditioned for it, Dennis was like, oh my God, like you are this like you're just kind of this and at the time I had just moved to New York I was just kind of this naive bright-eyed you know hadn't been quite burned yet in sure. life and so he was like this is you so I think the nice thing is I usually am kind of always playing close to me <laughs> that's kind of nice so I don't ever feel like my moral or like my like is never like, you know, really affected because a lot of the time I'm like cast as being me or like at least an extension of me. So that that's the nice thing I will I will say, because I think a dentist always laughs. I think he found me like an anomaly. Like, I think every time I spoke, he just like laughed. He was like, what are you? Who are you? Um, so I, I mean, I took it as such a compliment. So I think to, to entertain anybody, especially like a dentist is like huge. When uh, something I remember hearing Lisa Kudrow talk about is people thought that she was the Phoebe character and didn't realize, hey, that's somebody who went to Harvard who's well-traveled and really totally. well-read. Do you find that people, because of your roles, talk to you a little slower? Oh my gosh. I always say, Eric said is it's my secret weapon. And I think in any business, people don't realize I'm like the ultimate ball buster. Like I double majored in interpersonal communications and like business and all of that is my forte. Um, and so I think that is my secret weapon because people kind of think I'm a dingbat. And then it's like, you see me in like a business meeting or any kind of um, negotiation. And you're like, whoa, what happened to the like Dolly Parton approach? Yeah. And so <laughs> I think it, it's, I personally view it as my secret weapon, that I love it, that I love that people think that they can do that. And then they really get to know me or they see me on like the business side and they're like, I love what right. you said. I'm like, it's amazing. I, I personally love it. Cause I'm like, they don't expect it from me. And then I get to come in like balls blazing. So when you were that proactive and that much of a hustler, was it a struggle to find a manager that didn't feel mm, inferior or a manager or agent that was going to go, Oh, she's undercutting me. Well, I think, What's crazy is when I did Showcase, I didn't get much agent attraction at the time of like what was going on in musical theater. And so I was like, okay, what do I, once again, like, what do I need to do? Right. I booked a job immediately. And then I went to whatever agent I wanted and be like, do you want this? Like you, so I think a lot of the time I've come in being like, this is what I have going on. This is what I want to do. So I think people expect that from me, which is nice. And I think they love the drive because with our industry right now, you just can't sit around and wait for a call anymore. Right. So really right. agents and managers are looking for people that like are hustling and want to, 
you know, always keep working because our industry on camera at least has so many lags or on stage that it's like, you have to fill your time or you don't make your weeks to, you know, have insurance or, you know, you can't cover your family. So I think they, I've been blessed where it's like anybody that I've ever been signed with respects it. And most of the time they're a hustler just as much as I am. So it's like a dream team. Good to hear. Well, speaking of hustlers, is it true the Will Rogers story is something that you are working on? Yes. Oh my gosh. We finally, we officially got the rights from the family. And that was like the biggest thing. And to give so many a time these biops and these stories based on don't have the family's approval. And it was so important to us to have the family involved, especially a legacy like Will Rogers. So yeah, are like in full development right now. So it's hopefully within the next year, some things will be happening and coming up and released and it's going to be amazing. So it's especially being from the South and being a Texas girl. Yeah, it's just so cool to have that project and to give homage to, you know, where I came from. And especially now that Eric's like a cowboy, I giggle. I've only been on a horse twice in my life. And now I'm married to like a New Yorker who now fully thinks he's a cowboy. So it's hilarious. I was like, oh, have the tables have turned. Yeah, for lack of a better analogy as a New Yorker, I I came up with a a level of fame that I call Billy Joel fame, where Billy Joel is like the Beatles in this region. But then in other parts of the country, like, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he had a couple of big hits. Will Rogers is kind of like a Billy Joel of Texas, where theaters are named after him. And things are named after him in general, streets and whatnot. And then here you go, yeah, I think he was a big movie star. That, it's so funny because every time I'll ask somebody outside of like the South, they'll be like, oh, was was he a comedian? Or, oh, was he an actor? Or, oh, was he a cowboy? And it's like, he kind of was at all. Like, it, it's so interesting to see what regions know him as in a sense. Yeah which I think is so cool. Like, I really didn't. I always thought he was like a musical theater guy, which is so sad. Like that, that was my basic knowledge of him. So it's now, it's been amazing, like diving into his archives. Like Eric got to put on a pair of his cowboy boots. And I was like, whoa, mm. this, this is really cool. Like this, this is what you dream of as somebody in the, you know, industry is to do something like this. Yeah, so you got that going on. Gabby's Dollhouse just came back last month for another season. Spidey and his amazing friends. So sometimes producing, sometimes voiceover, sometimes on camera, etc. Have I missed any upcoming projects? Or are you under some Variety.com uh, Hollywood Reporter embargoes and you can't talk about it? We, I just say we have something like that are Eric because Eric and I our goal was to work together like that was oh so we have something very exciting coming we're like literally in contracts right now and signing and doing so that'd be really fun because Eric and I's goal is a lot of people like with their partners don't love to work together and kind of cross we are like that is our thrive like that is when we do our best work our best because we're talking about it all the time anyways. Like he'll go to work and come home and talk to me. So we always feel like we're like intertwined with each other's things. So to do something together. And as you know, you've met Eric. We are so opposite that it works so well together because I'm more like the bubbly outgoing and he's more serious and reserved and very like by the books where I'm just like very eccentric. 
So we are a good team. Well, besides the children, what is it that brings you together being such different people that yes, are in the same industry, but was it a particular appreciation of a show? Was it a particular, was it mutual friends? What brought you two together in the first place? Oh my gosh, it's so wild. So we've always been married 10 years mm -hmm. and 33. So that's kind of crazy if you really think like I got married at 23 and it's wild to think about. But the moment I saw Eric, I, this is like another one of those, like how you know my personality. I knew I was going to marry him and like knew he was the one who was 19 and I was 21. And that was it. Like that, it is like the planets aligned, our souls aligned. It was just, I think we both knew what we wanted out of our lives that like when it comes to a family and a future. So it's like, mm -hmm. we have that in common. We just, our families mean like everything to us. And I think to find all we wanted is like a partner at the end of the day and everything around us can be chaos. But like, as long as we had each other and we looked for, you know, another person, then we were good. So I was mm. like, so, and this is before apps and all that. So we giggle that both of us would have swiped the opposite way on apps because we weren't each other's type. Like we never had gone for like, he's, you know, his ex-girlfriend, who's one of my dear, dear friends is Elizabeth Gillies, who is oh so opposite of me and, and we're best, best friends. And we're both yin to a yang to each other. So I giggle. It's just, that's why I, I like these apps, but don't like the apps because I'm like, it's so, if you go on like looks or like first imagines, Eric and I would have never been together. It was like, just like a feeling and it's done as good so far. <laughs> I, like, I know 13 years in, we're, well, we're pretty good. Another thing that I'm curious about before I ask you a fun last question and let you go on your way is when, when I was uh, growing up, uh, back in the olden days, back in the Stone Age, um, <laughs> a person that was a Broadway actor was just a Broadway actor, and that was that. They never crossed over into TV or film. Most likely, they did not become a producer. Like we saw Nathan Lane crossover a oh, bit, it like a but it was very, very rare. Did you yeah. have any hesitation in going into the theater world, knowing that very few people made it over to film or TV or producing? I really never expected to go to TV and film. That was like another one. I wanted to be a Broadway star. I giggled that you had like the irony of me being like married a housewife now is <laughs> I never wanted to get married, never wanted kids. Like I wanted to be a star on Broadway. And that is like all my vision was. And I think once I got to New York and realized I was like, oh my gosh, you can't just like wait around for a call. Right. I, once again, like, like I said, I had to pivot and I was like, where do I see myself doing well in the industry right now? And at the time I was like on camera, I think that's so why I got in classes and just pivoted. And then it was like, I wanted a family. So that's why I got into voiceover. Cause I was like, okay, I want to not take time off. I want to be working, but I also want to be pregnant hopefully and <laughs> have time for these babies. And that's really why I pivoted to voiceover. So I think what it, it is the same as like your sister-in-law. It's like you see where the need is and you just can't sit still. And it's so cool. You're seeing that so often with Broadway, especially because of COVID. I think people really realize yeah. when the industry was shut down, it was like, what do we do? Where do we fulfill that like passion and energy within us? And I think it, that's been the amazing part is watching people kind of dive into these other creative outlets. 
some some of the COVID adaptations worked and some of them didn't. Like when you saw the comedians doing the Zoom-based comedy or the drive-in movie theater shows, that did not. It did, it is, it's so interesting what, and then it's like, you think about, like I was giggling, I was like watching some of the stuff that Eric and I did like during COVID and I'm like, oh my God, it seems like such a different, you could just tell like by everybody's stance, there was this like heart pounding thing, like, are we going to live? You know, are we, could I catch this thing tomorrow and be like, you know, the person that like goes to hot, you can kind of tell the underlining tone of everybody. So it was like anything that was created was almost in the sense of like a panic. <laughs> so it came out like half of the people, it like thrived and half of the people was like, this desperation was too much. It just didn't quite work. Totally. So wild watching that because you can just tell behind everybody's tone this like nervousness because we really didn't know where the world was going at that time. Yeah, that I think the peak of the badness was when I can't remember what network, what network, I think it was Fox. There was a reality show of celebrities getting haircuts. Do you remember that one? Their first of COVID. Oh, see, that is the desperation. Like just fill the time. I think really, I remember being like, I just want to see something ordinary. So I can understand where a producer was like, let's just get celebrities haircuts. Cause at the time you're like, Oh, do you remember what it'd feel like to, you know, walk down the street or go to the grocery store? And like, so I can understand where somebody in their mind was like, let's have people get a haircut. I think it was just quotas, like (laughs) under their production deals, they had to deliver two ideas a year. Oh, "Oh, they're never going to make that. Oh, they are. Oh, great. Here we go. (laughs) Well, hey, back to you before I let you go. Besides 1883, besides Gabby Stahlhaus, do you have a TV recommendation that you could pass on for people who need a new show to start? Because you seem pretty up on TV. I love Shrinking on Apple TV right now is unbelievable. It is like, I, you know, comedies are so hard to find now. I feel like it's like the drama category is like crushing the game. So to have a true comedy again, and to have it smart and right. I mean, I, I listened to this. Do you know Smart List, the podcast with Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean mm-hmm. Hayes? And yes. They, we're talking about how comedy is so hard to come by because I think our, our brains are just so, it's, it, it is so hard to get lost in a comedy now. So shrinking, I like you, and to find something you can watch with a partner is so hard, especially because I love like a Real Housewives. So to find something that Eric and I can watch together, I highly recommend. So shrinking, shrinking, I just can't say enough about it. Did I just learn that Eric is a Housewives fan? Um, yes, he had to be. Really, he's a Vanderpump Rules fan because of me. But our like our first love together was Dance Moms. That's like how I got him hooked on reality TV. You, I'm not shocked anymore about this stuff. Like an interview that I did a couple of weeks ago, the drummer of the metal band Anthrax and his wife, she's the singer of Butcher Babies, which is a pretty big metal band. And Anthrax is this like macho New York metal band. And I asked what to watch. And he's like, well, I love the new Housewives. And you go, oh, okay. Okay, here you go. I mean, they've done, sometimes it's like those moments when you just need to get lost in something else. A housewife is the perfect thing. There you go. Well, I'm all out of questions, but the bottom line is you're working on a lot. And what is the best way to track all those projects? Is it the the gram? 
the Saint yeah, the gram at Saint Nelson, Nelson with an E, um, is the best way. I think we're updating constantly. So it's a lot of great things coming. It's so hard. I do say with voiceover, it's so many times I record things like two years in advance or a year in advance. Sure. So it's so much that it's like, I'm like a vessel that's like spewing that I wish I could like say so many awesome things are coming up. And I hate when people say that, but I'm under NDAs. So I'm like, I really can't say it, but it is just keep refreshing on the Instagram is the best way to put it. Outrocast. Hey, this is Eric Nelson, and you're watching the Paltrowcast. Paltrowcast. Chaz, thank you for yeah. taking the time. Good day thank for you so me. far, aside from answering the same questions over and over and over again. Yes. <laughs> well, Bury the Bride, it's a different kind of character than we've seen from you. Was a lot of prep needed for the role? Um, some, yeah. I mean, I, I had to, you know, because I don't speak for most of the film you know it was i had to rely on body language and facial you know uh i uh so that was something new to me and but i kind of you know ended up relishing the opportunity um it's also it was great being on set and everybody else is trying to get their lines down for the next scene and i'm like you know uh but uh yeah, it was, you know, it, I mean, when I first re read the script and and found out what character they wanted me to play, I was like, and and Chrissy had said to me, uh, the star and writer, mm -hmm. uh, had said, you know, it's, he doesn't speak a lot, you know, just forewarning you. And I, the first time I read it, I was like, Chrissy, he doesn't speak at all. I mean, he doesn't speak at all until this one section. And they're like, I, she was like, I know. You got to trust me. This is going to work. It's going to be a great, it's, you know, it's a great important moment in the film. And, you know, this, it's just trust me. And, and I'm, you know, very happy with how, how it turned out. And I think it, it does, it, it adds a lot to the, to the story. I would say it's the exact opposite of you being cast in Caribbean Enthusiasm, where they go, well, Chaz can improvise and Chaz is quick. Uh, whereas this is this is scripted and we don't want you to talk very much exactly yep <laughs> yeah so this film was co-written by chrissy with spider one the singer yeah. of power man 5000 which is a band that i've liked for a very long time did you know spider or chrissy was your gateway into the project chrissy chrissy and i have the same manager and oh. he had been kind of telling both of us you guys i, I gotta hook you guys up you're gonna you know you're gonna just get each other and click and so we you know we that's we got us together and that's exactly what happened and so Chrissy and I became you know friends almost immediately um and we worked on a couple smaller projects they used to have a a, pod, a scripted podcast um on bloody disgusting so I did a couple of those and then you know I, I had talked to Chrissy about being interested in, you know, producing eventually something and uh, Barry, the, you know, the script for Barry the Bride was done and I, I read it and really liked it a lot. And and then I, Allegoria, they had, that was finished. So I could see, you know, what Spider's directing looked like. And I, you know, I liked Allegoria a lot and felt comfortable and um, yeah, and we just kind of went for it. And, and now of course I, I know them 
both really well. But yeah, Chrissy was the one who, who I initially met first. So one of your co-stars yesterday, I spoke to on another junket, Scout Taylor Compton. And uh -huh. you two are these kinds of people where you go, you don't know if their new project is going to be horror, comedy, fake documentary. Right. Yeah. At the same time, anytime there's a role, I go, yep, that is for Chaz. So, for example, you know, I mentioned Curb before, American Horror Story, nothing to do with this. But when I said I go, that is a curated role. So this is a compliment as opposed to a question. It's great to see that you take roles that are curated for you and roles that I watch and I go, yep, that makes sense for Chaz, as opposed to going, that's a bank commercial. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so is it a case of you saying to your manager, I only want stuff that's cool? Or are a lot of these cases where you have been refining the roles to you? Um, I mean, look, you put your, your own stamp on everything that you do. But no, I think that, um, you know, I just try to work with what's on the page and, and you know, turn, turn that into um, a you know, fully developed characters. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I've never like had a part written specifically for me. Hmm. So Bury the Bride, where was it filmed? And I asked that because these days you don't know if LA is really LA. Right. So that we filmed that in Lancaster, California. Okay. Which is like the high desert. And um, we got really lucky with our set with the property that we used because we had you know pretty much every dwelling was was there uh we had that mm -hmm. the, the main house we have uh that's there's a weird but very cool like double decker um motor home with a with a deck attached to it and, and then there's this this other house that we used that had gotten ruined in a in a you know with a leak or something and never fixed so it was just a great, you know, it, it was a great location for us because we had everything that we needed there. So it's a very serious film. Like it starts off without spoiling anything, your typical bridal party, laughing, right. canned humor stuff. And then it goes the more horror fair. When you're making a serious film like that, is the set very morbid or the second they say cut, are people able to laugh a little bit 30 seconds later? Yes, I would say I, I that's that's always been my experience, especially in horror, because you are, you know, doing crazy stuff and um, and that. Yeah. So it, as soon as the the director, the spider yelled, cut, we, we would be, you know, if we weren't going right into another take chatting, um, you know, we've all worked with the people in in the movie before so uh you know most most of them have worked with chrissy or spider and other films i brought two um of the guys in that i had have known and oh. so um yeah like um the character of david played by dylan work dylan and i met in our both of our first day in acting class in over a decade ago mm -hmm. so um and and, and then uh, Cameron, who plays Bobby, we worked on American Horror Story together. Mm -hmm. So, and then everybody else, the uh, Chrissy or Spider had worked with. So it was, you know, it was a set that felt very comfortable. We all got along great. We all had a good time together. Um, plus, we 
Chrissy and, and Spider have just the most amazing daughter, Elle, who's three now. She's here at Panic Fest with us. And, you know, she would come in in our trailer, you know, start out the night and um, it was just hysterical and would kind of, you know, hold court and have, I don't remember how many actors we were, uh, nine, I think, you know, just nobody said, you know, Al just holding court in there. So it was a kind of a fun family affair thing. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav, and I don't disappear fast. Because right now, you are watching the Paltrow Cast. Paltrow Cast.